Welcome to Well To Do. It's all about an abundance of things, love and wellness and the things that you need to do to have that. I'm Andy Lou, your host, and we are on our second episode, which is super exciting. I've finally got my own podcast, you guys, and today's episode is proudly sponsored by one of my favorite organic and affordable food brands, Spiral Foods. If you don't know about them, check it out. Spiral Foods are incredible. But let's meet our guest for today. It's about how philanthropy is actually healing. And I'd like to welcome to Well To Do, Mike Sherbakov, CEO of Greatness Ventures and general partner at the Veteran Fund. All the businesses are about service and giving back. Be more, do more is one of Mike's mantras. And when I met him in San Diego, it was hugs over handshakes. Mike is Russian born, living in San Diego and a single father, He's killing it at life. He's a startup advisor, impact investor, and even a former US Marine with degrees in kinesiology and psychology. Mike, welcome to Well To Do. Uh, thanks so much, Andy. I'm happy to be here. And congratulations on the podcast. Thank you so much. Mike, you do so much and give so much. We really just wanted to have you on Well To Do to discover all the things that you do to continue to be able to be well so that you can continue to serve more. So let's start with the great greatness ventures. Do you want to tell us what that really is about? Because I know that you do a lot for the homeless in Mexico. Yeah. I mean, at its core, I would say that um, greatness ventures is a community. <clears throat> you've, you've known about it for a while. As you mentioned, that first visit you had to San Diego. And it really started, you know, my world is in startups and having started a few of my own, uh, it wasn't until I found the intersection of making an impact and um, having a profitable business. That's when I decided that this is the area where I wanted to uh, focus my efforts on, right? I had built businesses previously with the sole intention of how can this be profitable? And then I had done a nonprofit where the sole mission was how do we make an impact? But I believe the the true kind of calling, for me at least, is at the intersection of those two things. And so it started as a community. Mm. And as you mentioned, going down to Mexico, and uh, I was invited on a house build, uh, and we built a home for a deserving family in one weekend. Wow. And on the way home, I just knew that it was something that I needed to do more in my life. And so we've been doing them for nine years now and bringing a really great group of people down there uh, to build homes. See, just the fact that you said we built a home for a family in one weekend. <laughs> Can we just like focus on that a bit? That is just so absurdly amazing. You know, it's a flat pack home. Is that right? That takes only one weekend to build. Yeah, they're, um, it sounds complicated. They're actually quite easy though. We get there on a Friday morning and uh, the foundation has already been laid and all of the materials for the house are there. And we come down with anywhere between 30 to 60 people. And yeah, sure enough, 48 hours later, uh, a home is up and it's two bedroom loft insulation, electric The family is moving off of dirt and into their home. And we've actually started doing, you know, two or three builds, uh, two or three different homes in a weekend. Wow. In fact, we just got back from one two weeks ago where uh, in a weekend we built two homes for families there. And so people can come on a holiday to Mexico where they're having purpose within their holiday. They leave having left that place even better than they found it. 
And that's got to be a great feeling. That's got to be healing for not only the people that they're giving to, but for the person themselves. Yeah. And I mean, it's a good problem to have. Our projects are full uh, about a year in advance right now. So if someone wanted to come with us, they would have to wait a little while. Um, But it's also, you know, it's not the core part of what we do. It's uh, the community and giving back is is just a is something that I know I want to do for the rest of my life. And so I committed as an organization where we said, uh, we're going to do these every quarter. Uh, And so every three months we go down to Mexico and bring a great group of people down there. Yeah. And how did you know that this was your calling to just give for the rest of your life? I mean, it's about an act of service. I know for me, we're here to just love, serve, nurture. So it's it's just a no brainer. But when to give me the moment where you just decided I have to keep giving for the rest of my life and how does that heal you to do that? I think intuitively, it feels like we're here to help others. In the intro, you mentioned the be more, do more, but you forgot one of the most important parts, which is give more. And I think that there, mm, of course. Yeah, there is this important piece of the be more, do more, give more. It's kind of like work on, you have to know who you are and get clear on your purpose and your passions and, and what you're here to do. Then it's about putting those things into action. That's the do more piece. And then, of course, the give more is ultimately, it's the whole hero's journey is how do you take those gifts and serve the world and hopefully make some kind of impact in the world with those gifts of yours. And so I think these are questions that I've thought about for a long time. I remember being a young kid, uh, probably 14, 15 years old, and thinking about these questions of what's my purpose and what's the meaning of life and why am I here? And then I just started to follow that kind of intuition. Um, Like I said, when I was on a project in Mexico and it had a really big impact on me, I knew I wanted to come back and just do it more. And so that happens to be what I, you know, my purpose. And that's why it's such a consistent thing that we do. But I think everyone has their own unique way of giving, right? Absolutely. And I think the foundation to everything that you suggested with the be more, do more, give more concept was finding your gifts, finding what you're good at, and then how you can give that to the world. Because we're all gifted at something, but it's about having the courage to go, oh, that's the thing that I'm gifted at. And then that becomes effortless and easy. But most of us through perhaps a narrative that we've been told or whatever, we forget what that true calling is. I mean, you're a great connector. You found a way to use your gifts to serve. Did you know what your gifts were early on? No, I think I just listened to that feeling. And it's only looking back that it seems more clear. And I look at kind of the interwoven threads of the things that I've done or started or been involved with. And I just see themes, right? And the themes that come up for me are community. The themes that come back are service and impact and learning. And so I don't know if the gifts were super clear. I just... uh, in kind of a non-complicated way, thought and felt, what are the things that I get really excited about and how do I start doing more of them? Yeah, what you're excited about because everything in life is going to be hard. And I said to one of my wellness coaching clients because she wanted to change careers from nursing to perhaps nutrition or something. And I said to her, it doesn't matter what you choose because in life everything can be hard at some point. So you may as well be doing something that you love so that when it is hard, at least you're loving it. You're also passionate about helping veterans with the Veteran Fund. How did you know that you needed to help veterans? Is that just because you were one yourself and you knew the challenges of 
what it was like? Yeah, it was kind of this perfect intersection, again, for me, of the things I was passionate about, the things that uh, I know well and am good at and have experience in, and then the areas where that I want to have an impact. And so when I spent five years in the Marines, then I went and did my undergrad. And when I got out, I started my first business. So I've been an entrepreneur for a long time and understand the challenges that come with being an entrepreneur and a founder. And now that I'm in more of a mentorship role, I, I work with a lot of startups. I found that a, the challenge after they get started is raising capital. And so I decided to come together with my partners and we started the Veteran Fund. And so we're able to uh, fund we, great companies that are led by heroes. And so it's this perfect intersection of the things that I'm excited about, right? Startup and venture capital and impact. And now we get to be capital allocators and we get to fund these great companies to help them succeed with their mission. So describe heroes. What what does that mean? Is that calling the veteran a hero because they've served or? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I have an Australian audience too. So I just wanted to make that sort of clear for them. And so what kind of companies are they starting to create? We're in the in the startup and venture capital world. We are what we call industry agnostic. So it's less about the industry that they're in and more do we feel like this founder has a strong mission? We have, you know, the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals. Are they making some kind of are they making positive impact? And at the end of the day, um, do we think that we can help them succeed in being just a great company that is adopted by people and have customers all around the world? Yeah, all around the world. Wow, you're wanting them to really take off globally, right? So there are parts of the world that I guess need more help than we do. Mexico's right across the border from where you're living in San Diego. So it's such an easy way to be able to just cross the border on this beautiful journey with the people that want to help you. And you have been to other countries before. So tell us what are some of the other companies and countries that might be needing help? Yeah. I I don't know. This may be kind of a controversial opinion. I don't know if I look at it that way. Um, I think that there are challenges everywhere. I mean, uh, whether it's in an affluent country or not, uh, I think you can walk sure. outside and, and go into areas where people are, you know, facing extreme challenges. And that's actually, I'd say, a core uh, framework or maybe a core perspective in, in how I see the world. And that is, there are endless challenges, I think, that people can choose to do something about right? Even if we're looking on a global level of what's happening, uh, you know, environmentally, or if we look at uh, globally as a culture, what's happening to people um, and the potential downsides of social media, right? The studies that are coming out. Um, Yeah. And so I don't know if it's like specific to a country by country or region by region basis, but there are, there are challenges everywhere. True. And I think therein lies, really deep meaning for us. And what I mean by that is we as individuals that that are we're very blessed. The fact that we're sitting here talking on a podcast on computers, right? We have computers, we have technology, we have minds that think and hearts that beat and bodies that can move. And so we're in a really um, fortunate position to be able to do something about these challenges. Now, we can't do something 
we can't do everything and we can't address every single challenge. That's true. But there is, uh, there is something that we can all do. And so I think it comes down to like, again, and we kind of talked about this earlier, what is the thing that you care about most? And what is the thing that you want to have a different, what, that, that you want to have a difference in, that you want to make an impact on? And so for me, as I mentioned, I kind of fell, personally fell in love with this region of Mexico where we build homes. And then I fell in love with this idea of supporting um, these really great veteran founders, you know, being a venture capitalist. And, you know, we do other projects. We've been to Kenya. We've done, we've gone to Nicaragua. We spend time in Bali. And I try to leave all of those places better than I found them. That's just kind of a general like ethos. But uh, I think, again, it comes down to what are the challenges that you feel like you want to make an impact on? Yeah, fair enough. And so the region of Mexico, is it called Baja or something? Is that right? Uh, yeah. So where we build homes, it's considered, it's Baja, Mexico, um, which is just off of mainland Mexico. And we build in a community called Maniadero. Right. And it's very mountainous. It's very sparse. Is that right? Uh, it's actually kind of a little bit of both. It's right. Um, it's coastal, so it's not far from the water. Um, and then also there's a pretty mountainous region. So it depends on where we're building the homes, but yeah, it can be either up in the mountains or kind of closer to the coast, but yeah, everything's very spread out. Yes, it is. And it looks beautiful. So when you're capturing that footage and showing us what you're giving there, it's just so beautiful. But the most beautiful thing is that you're building the home in my favorite color. It's turquoise. And it's just such a happy color. And when you leave that family, they've got this gorgeous turquoise house. Color is such a high vibrational thing. And I just wanted to know, you know, going back to what all of this giving does for us, because people have this perception of when you give, it's all about that person or place that you're giving to. But I mean, I know even as a massage therapist, when I'm giving someone a massage, I'm receiving healing. There's that energy exchange that's happening. And for some reason, I'm feeling more well as I'm massaging and giving that energy. And I just want to bring that back to this philanthropical state on how it really helps the person that's giving too. Yeah. Just can we dive into that about, you know, how that makes one feel more well? I think it's an aspect of our human nature. I think in the same way that our bodies feel better when we take good care of them, we exercise and you may not feel like exercising, but you finish exercising. And I've never heard someone say, I regret that. They go, wow, that felt, I feel good. And then uh, you eat a healthy meal and I've never heard anyone say, oh, I'm so mad I ate that meal. They say, no, I, I feel great after eating that. And um, the opposite of those things is true. If you don't work out, you usually regret that. Or if you eat something that doesn't feel good, you usually regret that. And I think the same thing, Those are that's nourishing our physical body. I think there's this part of our soul and our emotional body where when you're in service and you feel like you're living on purpose and you feel like you're making a difference in some way, however big or small it is, it doesn't have to be something that changes the whole world. It can be someone, something that changes uh, someone's life that you just encounter at the store or on the street. Or mm. So I think when you do those things, just like a workout or a healthy meal, you just, it's something that kind of nourishes you. And um, 
it's part of our, I feel like it's part of our human nature. It's the way we've evolved to, to help and support others. I guess somewhere along the way, we forgot about that. And, you know, looking at other countries that we perceive have less than us, they can be the happiest people in the world. Like look at Fiji. I think it's called the happiest country in the world. And just bringing us back to basics, which is service or you said something about when you're in service and I was like that's the title of your first book in service (laughs) or when you're in service because as you say when you are in service you're living a better quality of life because we're doing what we're born to do I think but if we want to get involved in your philanthropic adventures and your greatness ventures how can we get involved if we can't necessarily travel to Mexico? Well, we, as I mentioned at the beginning, we're kind of a community at the core. We're a community of leaders, of founders, of investors. So, you know, our focus really is in this startup ecosystem. And it's not like everyone has to be a startup founder, but we're really, we're there to help develop great leaders and help um, founders be really successful with their business ventures. So we have a great community there. And then, as I mentioned, we kind of open up these trips once a quarter because it's not the core of what we do. Uh, we like doing these trips to bring the community together. And so, yeah. So we could already be doing great things or trying to, but then somebody like yourself and you know your funds could assist them to grow and continue to do even better with your assistance. Is that right? Yeah, that's a great way to think about it. Yeah. So tell me a little bit more about the veteran fund, just because people who have been off service as a veteran might come out of it feeling a certain way before they entered, like it's certainly life-changing. So what would your tips be to help others who, you know, like yourself came out? I mean, you came out and you just continued to grow and become, I guess, somebody who is feeling very well about what they did, but not everybody feels that way. So I'm just wondering with this veteran fund, how you can help those veterans really get on their feet and find their calling. Well, I want to clarify with the veteran fund, that's, we fund start. So we're really focused on startups. So, you know, there are great organizations out there that help veterans transition from the military to civilian life. Um, there are a lot of great charities and organizations. So, you know, that our focus is when a veteran founder has a business and they're looking to grow and we feel like they're at a really good place uh, to scale, then we step in and that's where we're most helpful. But I guess to answer the first part of the question of, you know, if someone's transitioning, and this probably relates to veterans and anyone uh, that's going through some kind of transition where they had an identity. What we're talking about is, you know, an identity in the military, but it can relate to someone that's coming out of a marriage or someone that's leaving a job or anytime, you know, we, we all go through transitions and it's normal to feel kind of lost in those transitions and wonder what's next. Or if you've identified with a certain, you know, community or, uh, for a while that it's probably, it can be challenging. And then I think my solution to that is coming back to some of the things we talked about earlier, which is asking the important questions of what do you enjoy doing? What do you care about? What kind of people do you want to spend your time with? What do you want to make an impact on? So Marcus Aurelius, uh, who was my favorite philosopher and actually favorite character in in person in history, 
says that the quality of our life depends upon the quality of the questions we ask ourselves. And so I think it comes down to asking important questions. And so if someone just sits down and asks, like, you know, if I had all the money and the time in the world, what would I do? Who are, again, who are the people I want to spend time with? Um, what do I want to spend my days doing? And I think the more you ask those important questions and start pursuing those things, the more you kind of, you feel like you get back on your feet and you're living uh, a purposeful and intentional life. Yeah, that's amazing. We uh, we don't often ask those questions to ourselves, and um, yeah, just having those conversations can help you, as you say, get so clear on who you really are. For some people, they already know that when they're completely young and then they follow that through. They already knew what they were going to be. And then for others, they go down a path of what perhaps somebody else wanted them to be or what's paying the bills merely. Or Yeah, so it's really important right now when we are valuing our health, valuing our time, the little time that we have on this earth, to start to ask those questions and to really live out our calling. Like I feel that as a coach and I know that you do that through the work that you do. And it really helps me to understand what you're doing with the veteran fund now a little bit more. So that was really helpful. I would love to know if there was anything that helps you to feel really grounded when things get challenging. Mm, it's funny. So the, the theme I feel like is this idea of purpose, zooming out and asking those questions and checking in with myself of, do I feel like I uh, am living intentionally? Do I feel like I'm living in what I feel like my purpose is? And so if I ever do feel a little lost or off, I kind of check in. And usually that's a sign if something feels off, that something's off. And so instead of judging it or making it wrong, I'll just uh, go, oh, okay. This is like, I feel off because I'm not doing this thing that I, I know I should, like I, I'm meant to be doing, right? Or I know how important community is to me, or I know how important service is to me, but I haven't been in service or I haven't been around community or created community for a while. So um, I think it's coming back to kind of that internal GPS. Yeah, it's so important to have that time alone. Sometimes people are afraid to sort of go into that silence because it's silence, but that's where the answers come, right? When we just listen and be alone. You are with such a busy schedule, this is why I'm so grateful that you actually came on Well To Do. Even just, I wanted to bring the fact that you have a beautiful son called Holden, who's a mini man now. You even find the time to be his everything, a beautiful father, best friend, mentor, teacher. And tell us a little bit about Holden because we all love him and tell me how he's doing. <laughs> oh. Yeah, no, he's he's wonderful. He's uh, he's seventeen now, and it's like, you know, in the in the startup world, one of the things everyone looks for is what's called an exit. An exit, you know, is when you go from a private company to generally a public company, or you know, it's this big milestone. And I say that Holden is the the greatest startup I've ever had. Uh, that's about to, about to exit, and so he's about to. Uh, turn 18 and, you know, go out into the world. And at that point, I think as parents, we just hope that we've done a good job and we've instilled the values um, for them to be successful in their life and pursuing what's important to them. And so I'm enjoying the, our, our time together. As you know, we spend a lot of time, we surf together, we play pickleball together, we box, uh, we 
we talk about ideas. Um, and so I really enjoy our time together. And I'm just, I'm grateful that uh, when I look at him and I tell him this, in fact, I dropped him off at school this morning and I just tell him like, I'm really proud of you and I'm proud of who he's become. Yeah. I love that analogy that, you know, about his exit. That's just so creative. The thing that I'm getting from this, the theme is that how present you are when you do choose to spend time with him. That's that's really the heart of love. You're sitting in that heart of love when you're being so present by either giving him those words of affirmation or spending time doing an activity together. You know, it's just inspiring to see a healthy relationship, you know, for those who are single parents um, and how we can juggle that and how it makes us feel so well when we are being so present with our children. And you have been present and really enjoying fatherhood ever since I've known you. And when you said his age, I was like, wow, because I remember one time when um, you said, you know, he'll never be 11 years old again. And I feel like he's starting to become like a bit of a teenager. So now you're already looking at it like he's about to become a man. You know, he's about to become 18. So you're hanging on to these beautiful moments again, being so present in the moment, being at peace and in silence to get those answers and ask those questions I feel is like a bit of a running theme for you and that's that sense of peace so you teach yoga um, you meditate a lot you've got degrees in kinesiology and psychology is that right are these all sort of practices that are mindful practices would you say Mm -hmm. I think so yeah All right. Well, I'm going to take away from that, that to be well-to-do, we must be mindful, we must be conscious, and we must always serve community. So thank you so much, Mike Sherbakov, for joining our second episode of Well To Do. We have loved learning from you. Thank you so much, Andy. And congrats again on the podcast. Thank you. 